Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM, KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. And I just want to thank uh, Market, she- Market Street Shoes continuing to um, to support our uh, Mother's Justice Show. We really appreciate you. And I want to just uh, just go straight to uh, Mr. Rye right now. I mean, I, I thank you, Mr. Rye, for coming on. I know that today is a tough day for you, but we appreciate you. We're going to give you all the grace we need. So how are you doing, Mr. Rye? Well, you know, with a heavy heart, I'm hanging in here, but, you know, life has to go on. And uh, so... Uh, uh, you're referring to my brother Jerry Ride that was uh, found uh, dead on Saturday afternoon, four blocks from Valley Medical Center, and uh, we got some shocking news from the. We pretty much suspected from the coroner's office, uh, the medical examiner's office today, that uh, his death was due to a blunt, blunt force trauma. Uh, so there was uh, some problems with the brain and stuff like that. So. He probably collapsed where they found him in a gated community four blocks from the hospital. So, you know, after 17 days, you know, we kind of uh, anticipated that uh, with all the major effort was made by a lot of people, I owe a lot of people a lot of gratitude for the efforts they made to locate him. We were hoping that we would, we would find him alive. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. So now Angela T. Rye and uh, his sons and my nieces and nephews, they've done a magnificent job. It's really taken a, a burden off of the older members of the family, um, but they've just been tenacious. And uh, so I think that uh, in a very few days, folks are going to probably hear some pretty shocking news. I don't want to be presumptuous and put anything out there that I can't back up, but things are not looking good for the treatment of an elderly black man who uh, didn't have any money at the time and, you know, it was given a bus pass and a handshake and, and that was the results of it. So I'm sure when all the pieces come together, we'll. Uh, I've been. T- we've received support from uh, uh, City Councilmember Ed Prince and City Councilmember Kim Von Kahn. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Uh, they've been very uh, helpful. So we'll see exactly what will happen. But on that note, uh, everything else in the world seems like it's going upside down. Uh, right. 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 Folks, right. Folks- Folks going to fight in Ukraine, and you know I'm glad the folks are fighting for themselves. And uh, I know that a lot of uh, African American men and women uh, in the military have been put on alert. Uh, but I hope the men, men and women in the military alert them that uh, uh, if we can't if we can't vote, we can't fight. So you got to draw in the sign. That's right. Uh, I, I love to see uh, democracies flourish around the world, but the democracy got to begin at home. And if you don't have a right to vote, then you're missing, you know, can't call it democracy anymore. You have to call it something else. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a, it's a strange uh, event that's going on. Uh, and um, I guess it's been trouble in that for a long time. I mean, uh, one thing about the West, uh, they forget that the other people in the world got long memories. Putin been waiting for this uh, ever since uh, uh, Reagan was said, Gorbachev, tear down that wall. And, uh, and they broke up the USSR. Uh, and all of these uh, uh, satellites that they had uh, claimed uh, uh, that wanted to be free tried to jump ship. Yeah. And he's been waiting, I, waiting. Well, we, now we need a president to say, uh, tear down that wall that's blocking black folks' rights to vote. That's we right. That's that right. That's right. That's right. But you, but you got the other side of the people in America uh, uh, championing uh, uh, Putin. So that means that they're not, they they would much rather live under all they got. What my son said uh, uh, on the show this day, 
that the uh, that the far right, I mean, the, the uh, GOP would rather uh, support uh, Putin than to have equality for all people in America. That's, <laughs> yeah, you know that. That's what that's what O.I. said. O.I. Salisbury said today is that, you know, and that, that, that really is the truth, because, see, the first civil war was over us. And the second civil war is over us. Now, everybody else is to add on. They talk about people of color and all of that. That's great. But it's over us. And they would much rather join forces with the Russians than to let us vote. Now, that's a sad commentary on hatred and racism, isn't it? Well, you know, a lot of people follow Donald Trump. And, as you know, I suggested before, all the people who wanted to fight at January 6th of last year, they need to be the first ones in line to go to the Ukraine and fight the Russians. But I guess they're the Russians' buddies. No, so they're they the Russians' buddies. They, they might be fighting with the Russians against the Ukrainians. You're right. That's You're right. right. That's right. That's right. Because you got right. Donald Trump, the former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, hailing. Right. Uh, I was talking about how smart Putin is and hailing him. And I think Donald Trump is trying to like upon them $400 million he needs to pay that bill next year. Well, yeah. And, and, but really, I mean, Donald Trump is the best agent that Russia could have. I mean, really and truly. I mean, because he proved in four years that you could bring down the so-called democracy. Now, they've been working on this other plan here for 80 years after World War II. It's been 80 years since they rounded up our, our Japanese our brothers and sisters, put them in a uh, concentration camp. And then, you know, the war ended in what, 45? I mean, because I was born in 46. So the guys came home from 45 and made lots of babies in 46. So. Uh, so I'm one of those 46 babies. Uh, uh, so um, so anyway, I mean, so so they've been working on this. They even had a Marshall Plan to rebuild a Europe. Why Marshall Plan? Germany, all those countries got re rebuilt because of Americans' dollars and uh, the Marshall Plan. And then after that, they went into South Korea. You know, they went into Korea for another another conflict. But I didn't know too much about it because I was just getting to the planet. But um, so this is where we are. We're back to the same fundamental question about freedom for the Negro. There's no question, question about it. There's, there's no, question, no, no question about it. And what's happening right now in state legislators, legislatures across the country tell you that uh, folks are going to carve up districts and make sure that certain people don't have a right to vote and even setting up commissions where they can reject a legitimate vote. And so... They said around the world, democracies are losing because it's too much work. People are not willing to put in the work for co collaboration, consideration, and cooperation. They much rather have somebody to tell them what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. I mean, and that's what they want. They want they want a dictatorship. They, they really don't like this free flow of information. They want to restrict information, want to make sure that only some people get information. And so it really is going back to the old ways when, uh, you know, when, when, when uh, back to the 1800s, 17 uh, to the 18 and early 1900s is what they want. They want to live in the past. As one of my sons said, Mom, they want to live in a world without penicillin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good description. <laughs> a very good description. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just hoping that, uh, that you know, uh, that, that, that they claim that the United States is not going to get involved with ground troops, but uh, I think, you know, if they're in Poland and, and surrounding areas, I think there's going to be something that's going to cause another conflict. And I just hate to say it, you know, uh, but I, I see that happening. I just really do see it happening. And like well, I said, well, you know, it's, sad it's going to affect the European people 
more closely than it is right now. So, I mean, they need to be on alert. I mean, really, if you want to fight for democracy, they, I, mean, I know Germany is taking a stance, I mean, but where are all the other countries? I mean, you know, I mean, because we liberated those countries now. Who's going to come and liberate us? I mean, if Europe, if, if the European Union falls and, and, and Russia runs the rule, the world, who's going to liberate us? <laughs> well, in the first place, we have we got to be liberated in our own country first. <laughs> well, I mean, but if this stuff go bad over here, we might need some liberation too. I mean, just like there you go. Germany. Now they had to go into Germany. I mean, they, the Blitz. I mean, you, you know, your father knew about the Blitz and all of that stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, they 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 went into Europe. I mean, the Americans liberated Europe. Oh yeah, no question. I, I you know, my uncle uh, that was now deceased was a World War II veteran. He talked about how uh, black and you know it was segregated army. Black, they had black platoons and companies of uh, black folks driving the tanks, and they, they liberated a lot of the concentration camps, reduced the concentration right. camps. That's right. And those were those were those were black black soldiers, colored soldiers, they called them at the time, and right. and, and and they had to come right back to segregation. When the war well, was they over, did. they came back to segregation. But I tell you, the, the uh, Red Tails, uh, uh, Tuskegee Airmen, they have won the war. That's right. I mean, we might not, we might not have won the war at home, but we absolutely, our ancestors absolutely won the war of freedom for the European, for for Western Europe. Yeah, and uh, it it was. Uh, I remember my uh, first cousin, who was much older, he was much older than me, uh, Foster Anderson. He uh, joined the army. They, he signed up when he was 16 years old. And uh, he was uh, on the horses, like uh, uh, in, uh, uh, in uh, I'm trying to figure out, I think it was in Italy or somewhere. And he was, uh, he was, he was riding a horse during, during the World War, World War II. And he, they let his parents let him go. He was 16. But we had a lot of relatives on both sides of my family that really died in all the wars, which makes me so upset. When I hear people like Ted, Senator Ted Cruz, talking about uh, black folks and patriotism, and uh, his family wasn't even—he might not have been born here either. That's and, right. You know, that's right. That's right. He, wasn't even in, he wasn't even in the country. He yeah, wasn't in the country because we had fought—we had fought in every war for our own uh, uh, own liberation, beginning with the Civil War, and we have fought in every other war, even the war out here. With you know, they sent the uh, Buffalo soldiers west to, and that's why a lot sometimes we get in getting a you know good heated conversation with our native native brothers and sisters because the buffalo soldiers came west to uh kept win the west i mean to to so-called yeah. settle the west so every conflict in america we the african people the descendants of the stolen ones as you call it, <laughs> uh you are, we've been in every battle you know yeah well like i told uh my native american brothers and sisters when the buffalo soldiers come up i'm saying you know uh it was either that or be on the plantation. If you were a Buffalo soldier, you still were on a plantation. Even right. during World War II, with all black companies, they had white officers leading them. Right. So I mean, so it's it's uh, it was wasn't nothing that they did they desired to do. It's something they were forced to do. And right. so that's a big difference than somebody just going around just you know creating mayhem. But when you're on the plantation, you're on the plantation. <laughs> and at that time, you know, you could see all the way up. Until the Korean War, they finally started desegregating some of the some of the camp, the troops. And, well, uh, and, and the, my, my the, uncle told me that uh, uh, during the Korean War, some of the white soldiers said, "We don't care what Truman said. We're not going to be serving with no n words." And here they are, having a 
a common enemy, and their worst enemy was between some the, the feelings of some of those uh, white troops. So, what? Well, see what you just said. That's the same thing that's going on right now. They would mother rather be with the Russians <laughs> than to be with the Negro. I mean, so so it's the same energy. It has not changed here. And how many years ago was that? I mean, you know, World War II here. They ended in 1945, and they and there's still attitude that is something so abhorrent and horrible about being next to the Negro, they would rest be, and, and be, be uh, next to, to the Russians. But um, I, I think what they miss, uh, uh, these people who, who actually want to do this, don't understand that the Russian people are considered to be Slavics. And in order to be a Slavic, that means you have to have black blood in you. That was the distinction between the Iron Curtain, East, East Germany, the East and the West, is that they were Slavics. And uh, all the people that were Slavics were supposed to have come because uh, from, from the black blood that came there during the 800 years that the Moors uh, ruled Europe, see? <laughs> yeah, so you know, as Bobby Lambert used to say, you know your history, you know your greatness. That's, that's right, that's right. Yeah, so, um, well, I'm not gonna keep you, Mr. Y. I know that you have other things to do. I just wanted to, you know, for you to come on and I'm not looking for any update. I just wanted to, uh, you know, my mother, uh, Justice, so wanted to offer you our deepest con uh, 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 condolence uh, and uh, any way that uh, we can be helpful, we will be helpful uh, uh, in any way we can. So you'll be hearing from us uh, uh, as a group and, and uh, you know, be in touch with you. We'll do it. As soon as we hear something, I'll make sure you know about it, Rob Mary. Appreciate you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And, and, and give your family my condolence. Will do. Thank you very much. All right. All right. Thank you. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, and we'll be right back. Market Street Shoes is happy to sponsor the Mother's Justice Show in honor of our mother, Jackie Higgins Rosebrook, who spent her life fighting for social justice, and also in honor of all mothers who fight for social justice. Market Street Shoes, fashionable footwear and apparel for life's everyday adventures in the heart of Ballard since 2006. Visit MarketStreetShoes.com. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. And it's a nice rainy day in Seattle. I don't know if you like rain, but uh, sometimes I do. And it's been raining here uh, uh, for, for a few days. Uh, when I grew up in Florida, my grandmother would say, oh my God, throw that mermaid back in the water. It's raining, so the rain would stop. So, you know, I guess I'd say that today. Throw the mermaid back in the water uh, so the rain can stop. But I just put a lot of snow in the mountains. Uh, and what happens in the Pacific Northwest, uh, uh, for people who might be listening from another part of the country, what happens in the Pacific Northwest uh, when it starts raining sometime, the temperature will rise. Uh, uh, and then that means that the snow level moves up higher. I think Mount Rainier is 14,000 uh, feet uh, high. So so it's, it's, so if the snow level moves up below, uh, above the, uh, the 3,000 uh, uh, feet uh, uh, range up to 5,000, then uh, the snow is going to melt. It has to go somewhere, you know, you know, and water, put too much water in the pot, <laughs> you know, it's going to overflow. So that's what's going to happen. It happens all the time here. I mean, in the Pacific Northwest, it happens quite often uh, that uh, the snow will come, uh, then the warmer rains will come, bring more snow, but then the snow level uh, rises up higher. And, uh, and then we'll have rivers that are flooding. And so that's probably what's going to happen here soon. Uh, you used to get flooding sometime in December and then 
sometime again in almost springtime. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, but we don't make the weather. I mean, sometimes I guess man can make the weather, but we didn't make this particular weather with the system. So again, you listen to the Mother's Justice Show and I'm waiting for my guests to see if we got a guest to come on. But in the meantime, I'm gonna talk about that song, We Shall Not Be Moved. We should not be moved. I mean, that means something to me. It's part of the black experience. It means something to me to know that we have been fighting in a system uh, for a lifetime. I mean, you know, we are born into the system and we fight for it and we fight through it until we die. And so that song is really important because right now you have some people saying they would rather help Russia <laughs> than to give equality to, uh, to, to have diversity. And they saying that openly. I mean, I, my I, um, I, on the uh, morning updates that they show on on Converge Media, what they said today, they showed a clip of some gathering in Florida, my home state. Florida breeds these people. Boy, I don't know what's wrong with the water in Florida. <laughs> Probably comes from the Everglades. <laughs> Down there with the alligators. Oh, Eric, have you ever seen a real alligator? Not in person. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully. I see. <laughs> I've seen a real alligator, real alligators uh, uh, in person. Okay, <laughs> so they must be drinking the water from the alligators that sucked up where they're saying now that uh, that uh, you know uh, that that white young white men are, are not are, are losing their rights and they don't want diversity and whatever. So anyway, America's at a crossroads here. Looks like it's like playing, playing the same crosswords that Lincoln talked about. You know, I mean, this great divide in America. And uh, so I guess it's back around. I'm not an astrologer, astrologer but uh, we have a great show on uh, on this uh, on this network called uh, Jupiter Watt Rising with Eileen Grimes. And I know she was on talking about Pluto. And I guess Pluto comes every 204, I mean, it's 240 years. Uh, it makes its whole cycle, cycle or whatever it is. And now it's back. And it's at the same time now in the same place it was before we had the Civil War or right after right after the Civil War. So um, I mean, no, the signing of the Constitution, I believe. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens this cycle and as the world is turned upside down. But we shall not be moved. We like that tree planted by the side of the river and we shall not be moved. Uh, that's, that, that, that's what I that's what I believe. That's what I'd say. And uh, we're going to just keep on marching on for freedom because the world, everybody was born to be free. I don't know anybody that was born to be in bondage, whether it's the uh, over in Ukraine, whether it's all the other, whether it's the Tibetan people, I mean, whether it's the African people. I mean, when Genghis Khan was around, do you know anything about Genghis Khan? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, a little bit. Uh well, wait, I mean, he was—he would be considered a dictator today, wouldn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, he was—he uh, was a conqueror, is what they call him, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Well, you gotta raise, you gotta, or you gotta raise the energy on raise the energy on that. You say he was a conqueror, yes. <laughs> in his time, because they didn't have multi, they didn't have instant media in those days. Right. <laughs> there was no CNN. You know, I often wondered. What would happen if we had multimedia around in those days? You know, so yeah, when he was going around uh, building his kingdom, building his, uh, building all of his wealth and stuff, and uh, pillaging and, and killing people. So the world has known plenty of these people, but on the end, peace always comes in between. So I'm going to be one of those peacemakers. 
uh, and uh, believe that, believe that peace is possible. I don't care what I'm looking at in my face, in front of my face, I know that there's something behind that. And there's people who want to be free and peace is always, peace is always showing its head. There's always good people. And uh, who knows that, you know, one of my friends said, uh, believe they could stop some of the violence around the world if we just had a, a cook-off with chicken. You know, like they had the best, who, who made the best chicken? <laughs> Every, everybody eats chicken except for the vegetarians and the vegans, but most of the world are not vegetarians or vegans. So, so everybody had a good chicken recipe and bought that chicken recipe. I think that's one way to heal the world is through food and uh, through culture and stuff like that. So we're going to take another break here. I'll see if I can get hold of my guests. And, you know, the show goes on and we've got another break. This is the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM. Kick in. Debbie, I'm your host, Walt. This is my daughter, Bionea. We'll be right back. Market Street Shoes is happy to sponsor the Mother's Justice Show in honor of our mother, Jackie Higgins Rosebrook, who spent her life fighting for social justice and also in honor of all mothers who fight for social justice. Market Street Shoes, fashionable footwear and apparel for life's everyday adventures in the heart of Ballard since 2006. Visit MarketStreetShoes.com. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. Love that song. I mean, I love that song. It's about holding on. And we've been the people who've been holding on. I mean, <laughs> I want to bring in my next guest. And thank you, Eric, for playing that lovely music for us. I want to bring in my next guest. She was on, I mean, not too long ago. Miss Felicia Cross, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, we're going to continue to talk about Black history because we know it's every day. We're making yeah. some history every day. So mm -hmm. anyway, although if February is ending, our year is just beginning because we still got a whole nother year to go around to get back to February. <laughs> so we can continue the history. So the last time you were on, you had, you had made a great discovery. And I said that we'll have you back on and you, you discovered about all the parks. And so we're going to have a conversation about Seattle. And all the parks in Seattle is named for African Americans, uh, uh, great people. And so, yeah, so let's, let's uh, so I just turned it over for you so you can educate us. I know some of them, but I don't know all of them. And, uh, you know, and our listeners would love to know all of them. Yes, um, it's, it's, it's been really uh, interesting to learn about these parks. Uh, there's 11 parks named after our African American community members here in the central area. I had no idea. I knew some of the parks, just like you said, and, um, but I discovered uh, lots of great history right here in our in our community, which which makes me value our community even more. Um, so I'll name off the parks and a little just a blurb about each one. Uh, Alvin Larkins Park is on the on thirty fourth, fifteen oh thirty fourth in Madison Valley, and he was a music a mu musician and a teacher, very beloved in the community. They named the park after him. And then well, what was his name again? Because I'm not familiar with the name. So tell me yeah. the name again. Alvin Larkin Parks. Okay, okay. And then um, Blanche Levizo, I know a lot of us know who Dr. Blanche was. She was the first uh, pediatrician, the first African-American pediatrician for Odessa Brown. She came actually here from Atlanta and her her and her husband were both 
um, pediatricians in Atlanta and they came up and, and opened up Odessa Brown, the first uh, medical director, first black um, pediatrician. And, and she was also a classmate of Martin Luther King. So that was an interesting tidbit for her too. And then uh, if we raise our children in the central area, which we did, I mean, I did, I think you might've did too. I mean, they all, they all went, to, went to Odessa Brown. They gave, they gave really world-class uh, medical care to African-Americans. At that time, it was only African-Americans. I mean, one of my kids, they had a dental clinic in there also. So yeah, Odessa Brown. Good afternoon. Listen to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. Seattle, Washington, and we're letting our light shine today. I mean, we've had we've had uh, situations. We've gone. We we've had uh, we've had a lot going on. That's how life is. But the measure of life is how you let your light shine. So we're letting our light shine. We're back on here with my guest, uh, the lovely Felicia Cross. She's born and raised. She she's a Seattle light, and uh, she's going to walk us through the parks of Seattle, and then we'll have some conversation about some of these people. Are you all right? We were on a, we were on Dr. Levizo and uh, yeah. and Odessa Brown. Odessa Brown. I mean, it, that's the hub. And Dr. Ben Danielson uh, was worked out of Odessa Brown, and he was honored every day to to walk in the in the shoes of our. Uh, Dr. Lavizo, so he was very honored by that. So it was very heartbreaking for him to not be there. Um, and we're going to stand behind him. We'll come back and have some conversation too about some of these people, some of these places, parks. Once you go through the list, yes. So, so the next one on my list is the Flow Where Park, and oh, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, right here on the corner of Twenty Eighth and Jackson, and. Um, you know, it's a little tiny part, but this lady was mighty in the community. She she was an advocate for children, elderly and poor and the disadvantaged. She, you know, was a foster parent and just very, very um, vocal for, for the community. And so they named that park after her. I mean, to her, probably it wasn't, she was no big deal, but <laughs> to the community, she was everything because she was doing the work out here. And that's the information about that park when we come back for the discussion. <laughs> okay. 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 And then uh, 24th and Howe is the Homer Harris Park. Oh, yeah. I know about that one, too. Yes. Yeah. Tell us about Homer Harris. Homer Harris, he was, he was a beloved athlete, it says. Uh, he was a, a dermatologist, but he was a football legend around here. And, and and they describe him as being just a very very handsome man. So <laughs> um, that was that was good to get a little bit of background about him. Is because I didn't you know I know these parts but didn't know what these people represented all of right. them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so uh, um, other than that, I have Judge Judge Charles Stokes. Okay. Yeah, twentieth and Jenkins. Over wow, here. I didn't yeah. know that. Jonathan Jenkins, and he was the first uh, first legislator from for King County Council, and oh, okay, appointed judge in 1968 in the first black person in King County District Court. Oh wow! You have something? Yeah, it is. Wow, by 1968, I was not yeah. in this state. I, I, I was just three years. I was two year, uh, three years out of high school. Yeah. Okay. And then we have the Paul, um, Powell Barnett Park, which, you know. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Martin Luther King there. And the, he, this uh, Paul, Paul Barnett, um, the uh, Powell Barnett 
he was a really big advocate in the Leshy community and all with the Leshy um, improvements and and things like that. And uh, he he actually came from a miner. He, his family were miners in the uh, Ro, uh, Roslyn, Washington area. Oh, really? Okay, that's interesting. So that means they came at the turn of the century. Absolutely. Because mm -hmm, it came to be strike breakers over in Roslyn because it was a strike going up. The Cravens came here that way, too. Yeah, I know the Cravens. Yeah, 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 yeah the Cravens family came by uh, that way. And I don't know I don't know if Mr. and Mrs. Craven came together or they got married once they got here. But, you know, they had a big family with them Cravens. Yes, yes. They always were in the uh, parade. Always the in the parade. That's right. Yeah, always always in, in the parade. parade. In the Mardi Gras parade. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh um, just, you know, just that, that's just rich to me, rich history, but he, he actually was one of the founders of the central area motivation program, the camp. Okay. The camp. Okay. Yeah. He was one of the founders. So just a lot of great work here. Um, let's see, let's see somebody else here. Prentice Frazier Park, which is 24th on uh, 24th East. And they talk about him as a former slave that came to Seattle in 1916 and started and published a newspaper for the black community. It was called the Seattle Enterprise. The Seattle what? Seattle Enterprise. Okay, and his last name was Frazier? Uh-huh. Right, 20, uh, wow. 401 24th East. Wow. And, and then the Sam Smith part, which right. overlooks, yeah. overlooks I-90 on a 14 uh, Martin Luther King. And uh, we, I mean, we, we probably know more about Sam Smith than we do any of the <laughs> any of these parts. Basically, uh, Sam Smith was a was a total fixture in the community. Um, everybody knew Sam Smith. Everybody. He lived right there on Sewer Park, and and he was just uh, uh, very very. Um, he was the uh, city council, as we know, he's city council for five terms. Yeah, he's the first terms. one, the first elected yeah. black one. For five and he terms. was elected citywide because that's all we had then. Yep. And he was elected before I came to Seattle, I believe, but because I, I came in 75. Uh, and uh, they said that he always would say, how you doing, neighbor? So he never met yeah. a stranger. How you doing, neighbor? And they and he answered his phone, how you doing, neighbor? We can, use a little of that. we can use a little of that in the world right now. Isn't how you doing, something? neighbor? Right. Just like the sun said, let's let our light shine. Right. Uh, Sam Smith was really, a, he was just that type of person. I remember him as a small child and just re, can still vividly remember his warmth when his, you know, when he was present, the warmth. Uh, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, you'd have to think about the consciousness of Seattle at that time to to um, to uh, elect the first black one citywide, uh, not in districts like we have today. Uh, mm -hmm. And then what he did for the whole city. I mean, he improved he improved public safety for the whole city. Yes, and and and, yeah, and, we and come back. We will but, maybe more for the discussion when we talk about the uh, East Precinct. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so why don't we just take a minute right now and talk about East Precinct because that's what that's how that's how I came to know more about it when they were yeah. talking about giving away East Precinct either for uh, for Black Lives Matter or either for for Sawant went to make it a community center. Hey, and then, uh, you know, Little Bird gave me information. Now, we don't call the Bird's name, but <laughs> Sam Smith said before Sam Smith was elected, you had no police services in this community. 
And, you know, I mean, some people said they called the ambulance first because uh, uh, the fire engine would get here quicker than the police. I wasn't here, so I'm speaking what what was reported to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And, 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 uh, you know, geographically, uh, because that precinct was not there before, the the red line central district didn't have any police... uh, you know, security because we either had they either had to come from North Seattle or from South from South End. You know, those precincts were there, West Seattle, but we didn't have a precinct to cater to our Black community. And Sam Smith made that happen, where where we didn't have to wait for that response time from downtown or or from other places that would take a lot longer to reach. Well, that meant that Capitol Hill, uh, uh, Montlake, going down toward the, the, the cut. I mean, that meant like the whole sector didn't have any service then. That's right. That's right. Because 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 uh, uh, from, because the, this sector goes from, you know, from from north uh, from, from from I five uh, south of uh, I mean, what is that? South of I five uh, all the way to McCullen or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Then it goes down by the lake. And up to the uh, some of the international district at all of Capitol Hill, yep. all of Capitol Hill is in uh, is in the sector. Yep, so, so, so okay. yeah, so so he made a great improvement for not only for us but for the other people who live in this sector. So uh, the you know when the chop was going on, it was heartbreaking for those of us who grew up in this community and knew, and you know was aware of the the work and the dedication he had. To the betterment of our community for to take over that precinct would just be devastating yeah and to give it away and then even having people to uh, vacate it and all of that because yeah. one thing that we've learned this summer the last two summers is everybody who said black lives matter they don't mean that they mean mm-hmm. something else and they mean that they mean that they co-opted for their own uh for their own opportunity but it has nothing to do with us at the end of the day because nobody cares about our personal safety at the end of the day, nobody cares about our personal safety, but Sam Smith did. So yeah, yeah. then we're gonna look up his birthday because I think we should do something. You I know. think I think I mean I think we should have a Sam Smith day, and I mentioned that to a previous mayor, but I mean I have not talked to the, to the new mayor. But you know I mean either community people can do it. Isn't that I mean we could do a Sam Smith day? Why not? Why not? Uh, why not us? It, it, this is you know I just that's when the community was. Really, a community. And I, I think that's a great idea. This is what yeah, they're doing. Let's better. bring back. How you doing, neighbor? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, July, let's have a how you doing, neighbor day and, and, and support Sam Smith. <laughs> July 23rd. Oh, July 23rd. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay, okay. So he was a Leo. No wonder he was all out front. <laughs> <laughs> Go get it. <laughs> yeah, no wonder he was all out there with that personality. How you doing, neighbor? Hey, that Go Leo on Front Street. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting all right what's the next one the next one is walt hundley h h u n d l e y and he's one i had never heard of but he, yep. he, mm-hmm. he um he was the first uh director for the parks department yes i remember him right yeah. wow and for the first african-american superintendent for the park parks and rec and so they have this part is over in West Seattle on 34th Southwest. 34th and, Southwest. Okay. Yeah, he also yeah. was a big time cat. I think he was a big time member of uh, Immaculate Catholic Church. Oh, okay. He yeah. graduated mm-hmm. of Yale. He went to Yale. Mm-hmm. And um, 
So they named that park after him because he was instrumental in in the High Point area and be, you know making it a better community over okay. in the Point area. So wow. And he also uh, did worked in the civil rights um, with the Central Area Motivation Project. Same thing. So he he did a lot of things too in this community, which was uh, instrumental. Instrumental. Right. So the last the last one on my list of eleven is uh, the the William Grossy Park, and I didn't even oh, know. Really? Yeah, I didn't know there was a park named after him. As we know, he is. Uh, instrumental for this whole black community actually uh from the 1800s right. he arrived right. in 1861 mm -hmm. right and the park is on 30th and how 30th and how yeah you know we, we could have we could lead our little tour we yeah. get our little uh, black uh, we get our black parks tour bus going oh, with, uh, with, with uh with with keith uh uh one of my guys who uh one of my sons who have the have who have transportation uh -huh. We could do us a little thing in the summer. Come and yeah, go yeah. see the parks. Yep, because yeah, I yeah, yeah, hey, we could yeah, we could do that. So hey, this is this excellent. Is good. Uh, very excellent. good. Very good. He, he had a he ran a he opened up a restaurant in a hotel down on Yesler called Our House in 1882. So you know, yeah. back in those days, <laughs> he, this Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying he uh, got 12 acres uh, along Madison, and and the rest is history. Also, he was a friend of Henry Gessler. Okay. They were friends. I think. I mean, according to the story, and I think uh, Mrs. Tolliver uh, with the Black uh, Heritage Society, uh, with the history. I, 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 my recollection is that uh, old man Gessler had lost his watch, and uh, Mr. Gross found it and gave it back to him, and they became fast friends. And so he offered to sell him this parcel of land and he bought it. Because, you know, in, in Oregon, blacks could not buy property because he'd been right. in Oregon and he came on, on to, you know, on over here. So um, in the 1800s. Yeah, yeah right. Lot, lots of pioneer spirits, you know, that came west looking for a better life. You know, a lot of folks did. Yeah, but to, and to that, think about it, it was a black man who uh, owned the whole central area here and, and that we were redlined here. But the history in these parks, I mean, there's just so much, there's so much to be prideful for. Well, and it's not all gone yet. I mean, some of the property no. might be gone, but, uh, you know, one thing about it is you can never erase the pulse of the people. I mean, that's why when you go to certain places, mm -hmm. I mean, like, I mean, if you ever fly into Norfolk, uh, uh, Virginia, and you're driving from Norfolk to Elizabeth City, North Carolina, and you're going through the Dismal Swamp, well, the slaves, uh, uh, they, they had, they were the ones who dug up that swamp and made that. You can feel mm. still the energy. I mean, mm. energy is forever. I mean, they might yes. think we're gone, but the energy is always here. I mean, th that's not gone anywhere. I mean, energy is forever, ever and ever. And so more and more people are coming back and that kinds of stuff. So we have to, we have to move on what we have now. Homer Harris Park is on the land on the place where I used to live at, right behind the Y oh. on 24th Avenue was a house there. Uh -huh. I lived in that house. Uh, uh, that house is no longer there. That house now, I mean, the uh, that house, I was living in that house in 1980, I think from 81, maybe 80, 81 to 83 or 82 or mm -hmm. something like that. And I moved uh, out of there. But it was uh, it was right behind East Madison Y. Uh, and, uh, and Homer Harris also 
he was denied. He couldn't get into the University of Washington. He was one of these schools he couldn't get into. And he played football someplace else, but not for the UW, I don't believe. Hmm. I think he played, I think he played for um Nebraska or someplace else. So uh, but he was a great supposed to be a good uh, football player. And again, you know, we all know about Par, Par, Barnett Park. I mean, we know that that's that's what's happening part. Right. Even though uh, even though people think that we're not here anymore, people will drive from federal way to come Absolutely. to bring the kids to the park where they kids where they grew up at. Okay. Absolutely. And you go down there on a summer day. Oh, I boy. don't care how many folks have bought the house around there. You know, and and we also we didn't talk about Duckin Park, uh, uh, but we we stuck out. We, we we are absolutely making sure that they're not taking Duckin Park for a dog park because right. our kids play out there. The, the CD Panthers and all of that. Uh, we have to make sure we keep our eye on this park. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't aware of Dr. Do, 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 I mean, the Judge Charles uh, Stokes Park. That's new to me. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about that one uh, at yeah. all. But. Um, but I knew about Homer Harris, and I knew about, of course, <laughs> Barnett. We've been in that park so many times for, <laughs> for a picnic. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, yes, um, we have it. Yeah, you I know, um, I'm sorry. I, I would love to see. I would love to see uh, one of those historical sites. Uh, um, you know, posters up. What they put up in in other cities I've seen, like in in Tennessee and in Nashville and everything, but the historical sites and some information, this information right here. I mean, I just, I mean, I all we got to do is get a proposal and go to the parks department and go to the city and see, can't we do it? Yes. Why not? Why not I, us? Why, why not? not us? Why not us? Why not? That's what Russell because, Wilson uh, said. His daddy, Russell Wilson said his dad said, why not? Why not you? So why not us? <laughs> why not us? That's right. Yeah. We yeah, need to bring, know. you know, educate our people about about these parts these parts mean a lot they really do because this is one of the few cities you're not you you're never more than five minutes away from a park in in seattle now i don't know about mm -hmm. king county but in seattle mm -hmm. whether you are by car key park you're on the north end uh, but in in our area you are not never more than five minutes away from seattle from a park in seattle yeah you know and and, and that's it yeah, that's what go ahead Oh, I no. tell you, it has drawn my interest too with these parks is that um, uh, on Friday will be two years of my mother Lottie Cross's uh, passing, and um, it has been. I, I reached out a little bit, but haven't like really gotten into it. But the Spruce Street Park across the street from New Hope, right? Right. I I really would love to see that park named after my mother. Because she she lived if her car went two destinations it could probably go auto drive from from this house to New Hope Church and mm -hmm. uh, I've often often uh, and I haven't put the work in for it but it is uh, in my mind and my spirit to want that part to be named after my mother. Why not? I know. Why not? I mean, you know, she did a lot, and then the Spruce. I mean, the Spruce. I don't know who Spruce was. I mean, for the street to be named after that person and didn't have a park name. You know, so I mean, I mean we, all we have to do is just look into it. And uh, one thing I know about the system that we live in, and I was talking to Mr. Rye about the other system, and that people are tired of democracy. So, so the other other people in America is rooting for Putin because they're tired of democracy. But what happens is that people have to work together and have to collaborate. 
and have to come together. And so these are good ideas. It's a part of me even we even having doing a bus tour. I mean, you know, that could be part of a summer program. We could take people uh, when they, you know, take people when they come into town or people who live yeah. here. We could actually do a survey and say, how many people, how many parks do you think is named in Seattle after black people? And somebody said, oh, three. You know, nobody would guess 11. Nobody. 11. Nobody. Well, let's say listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> listen, listen to the show. Yeah, you know, this has been so good. I mean, I like all of these. I like all of these people, all that they've done for us. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't know that. I didn't know. I didn't really know that the late uh, George Fleming had passed away. I didn't oh, know if you had, didn't know they had a memorial for him. I mean, George Fleming's daughter, uh, uh, Yemi, went to school with Tunde. I mean, we did. Uh, we did. Uh, 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 this, it was one of those uh, camp. It wasn't like a campy preschool program to teach you how to read. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and Tunde was in that program, and so was uh, Yemi Fleming's, and so. Uh, and and uh, Senator Representative Flemings did a lot for us down in Olympia, a wow. lot for us. He's he's even the reason why we got housing. I mean, some of this housing, I think he's credit for building five thousand, fifty thousand housing units around the, around the state of Washington for people. So, so we have to remember him, uh, Doctor uh, uh, Representative Fleming, and also started the Legislative Day. I mean, he mm -hmm. he's the reason why we started going to Olympia down there on Legislative Day was uh, uh was Representative Fleming, and that's when they didn't like us. They would call us you huh. people, but huh. we still. <laughs> you know, uh, let me tell yeah. you a, a funny story about um George Fleming. I was in Louisiana. We, uh, we only got a couple minutes, so we're gonna okay. have to go now. So our start time is up. But okay. thank you so much. This is yes, our thing, thank so. you. Yeah, all right, thank you. You're listening to the okay. Mother Justice Show on 11:50 a.m. KKNW. Yeah. See you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.